Wow, Tim Lacombe, Jake Scott joining us now. And that's uh, not what I expected tonight. No. <clears throat> Color me surprised, man. But, you know, it, it's crazy at halftime. And Coach Wells was right. We saw the, We saw them kind of start to, I don't know, take possessions off, you know, and it's become a thing. Like focus is something Quinn talks about all the time, but that it can steamroll on you. And um, yeah, there's, there's a, a lot of words for this one. And there a lot of them are, you, you can't use on the radio. Would you agree that the second half was as uncollective? I don't think that's a word, but we're going to go with it. Bowler makes up words all the time with his ability thing. So this is going to be my new word. Was that as lacking collective, uncollective performance that you've ever, have you seen by this group? Yeah. And it was stark. Like it all of a sudden just like passes just stopped, you know, um, what's he at? What are the jazz average passes per game? David ish. It's only like, Oh, Bobby Love has it in his notes today. 267. Yep. Okay. Is that right? Bobby? I, so I was get- thinking somewhere around 280, which would make, you know, I'm a math major, so make that 70. Uh, I'll bet you they didn't pass the ball 25 times in the fourth quarter if you don't count inbounds. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can count. I don't know if I can break it down by quarter, but I'm going to try tomorrow. I'd be really curious to see because I, I just was doing the same math in my head, right? So that if like, if it's 140 passes a half, I would guess that they had 80 in the second half at the most. And, and the fourth quarter was crazy. I mean, I don't know how many times you said another no pass possession and a turnover and a turnover and. Just guys dr- driving it in and, you know, into nothing. So it, it was very, very strange, um, you know, been on a part uh, of some of that in my career. And, you know, usually it's, uh, you know, there's there's more more to it. You know, it's deeper than just on the floor. But, yeah, you, you said it best. This team really, really misses 2-7. All right, what's our, what's our word now, David? Uncollective, is that it? Yeah, it's not really a word. No, I know. I but you said selfish toward the end of the broadcast. I think that I mean, sums it up well too. But I, I unco- trying, I, that was the one I was trying to avoid this time. <laughs> Uncollective sounds nicer. So, so the we'll Detroit go with that. Pistons. Um, offensive rating tonight is their second best performance of any game all season long. Hmm. Coincidence. If so, they were having a lot of coincidence. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, what was Indiana's? You know, I mean, give me a give me. It a was second. Lance Stevenson, too. Right. Yeah. I mean, come on. Right. Gabe Cunningham had twenty nine tonight on ten of seventeen shooting, and he's not an efficient player. Give me one second. Eight assists. Uh, Indiana too. had their sixth best offensive yeah. night the other night against us. Hmm. Yeah, Morris. Morris was on to something. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, the league knows it, right? Like, I mean, that's, yeah. that's how the Clippers beat us in the playoffs last year. I mean, this this is this has been the story of whether. And I mean, the Detroit Pistons literally just played five out and drove. I mean, it's like, I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, I don't know. And then defensively, you know, I did did think they'd made a nice adjustment. Whiteside was wide open all night with the way they were rotating, and they finally just said, "Forget it, we're going to switch everything." And then we got, and then we got we really, really, yeah, the yeah. ball stopped moving, and guys. Like you said, tried to do it on their own. Right. And what's crazy is you know that they were told to do the exact opposite, and then they did that. So that's what's really the weird exactly. part about yeah. it. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the part behind that's, the scenes. That's the crazy thing, guys. The scouting report says one thing, and then they do something else. I mean, I even opened up the second half, I think, either the fourth quarter or the second half, and said, 
this has got to be a collective effort from this group. Like, we could see it happen in the first half. So you know the coaches said to them at halftime, like, move the ball, keep it going, da, 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 and then they didn't do it. It's really you, – you could make a lot of outlandish observations tonight, and it would be hard to refute most of them. How's that? Yep, that's right. And, and that, so like some of them might have arrived to you in text to go back to, to go back to uh, you know if my, what was it that my grandma used to tell me if you don't have anything to say don't say anything at all I heard that in the broadcast yeah so I'm gonna be quiet Rudy by the way just tweeting out we'll be all right did he really yeah seriously mm-hmm. that's his like legendary tweet you know why we'll be all right because he's gonna play by Wednesday or yeah, Friday right exactly. well I mean okay. <laughs> Like, nah, never mind. I'll keep that thought to myself. I am, I am very curious to see what we get in the post game tonight. I, I have, uh, I will share this. I said this on my podcast today. Here's what I want post game tonight. I don't want we anymore. I want I. I'm tired of our players going to the podium and saying we need to be better. I want to hear them say I need to be better. Good point. Yep. Yeah. Collective. 100%. Because we indirectly is placing the blame on someone else other than yourself. <laughs> we is how you deflect praise. I is how you take blame. See, I okay. I, uh, I use it to to take credit for our broadcasts all the time. You know, well, I mean, say. yeah, you should say, like, <laughs> I'm great. We were great tonight. <laughs> right. We were fantastic. Right. Right. <laughs> I typically just say lock and boon save the whole thing. Yeah, right. Do you know? All right. All right, guys. Well, uh, the sun will come up. I so, promise. Tim, you yeah. want to do Locked on Jazz tomorrow morning? <laughs> How about postcast? you want to do that? Um, I'll do whatever you need me to do, my You're man. You're the best. All All right. Talk to you later. Okay. All right. Jazz lost a tough one. Have a good night, guys. We appreciate you. 126 to 116. We'll talk about it coming up next on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz fall to the Pistons. Rough. 126 to 116. They've lost their third consecutive game. And uh, coach, this one, there's honestly not a whole lot of positive to talk about in this one. This is probably their worst loss of the year. And I know that there's some circumstance involving COVID and missing players. uh, But Detroit was missing their best player too. And man, they they just outplayed the Jazz big time in the second half. Uh, scoring 78 points in the second half. 78 points. <laughs> I mean, there's been games where they haven't scored 78. So, um, yeah, no, I think there, I don't think there's any way you can sugarcoat it. I think the, you know, the Jazz actually came out to their credit and started great, and the ball moved, and it, it was a combination of, I think, what happens, they get a lead, and they rest or they lose focus, and it's the NBA. You know, I mean, Cade Cunningham has the ability. He doesn't do it a lot by percentage, but he has the ability to face you up and make a three in your face, and he did it multiple times tonight. Um, you know, and I just think, you know, some transition plays that the Jazz let go, you just look back at the body, the game as a whole, and it, it is a, yeah, there's major issues here. And I think, yeah, the worst loss of the season, I think it's on the heels of one of the others. You know, the way they played in Indiana. Yeah. So that's what's scary. 
Uh, Donovan did have 31, uh, but was 11 of 25 from the field, so not particularly efficient, 3 of 8 from 3. He had uh, three boards and four assists. This one, you know, we talked about uh, the the lack of passing in the second half and particularly the fourth quarter. Mike Conley finished the game with 13 points. He finished with eight assists. He had all eight of those at half. That's right. So yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, the ball stopped moving, Jake. Yep. It just stopped moving to the point where, I mean, how many times did we say, oh, my gosh, they're just not going to pass it? It just it's, it stopped moving. And the switchy defense has something to do with that, and I know it's given them uh, trouble in the past, but, you know, uh, Coach Wells said it at half. We were just talking to Locke. I mean, the coaches are telling these guys to move the basketball, and it's just not happening. I don't know if it's a mentality or a focus or, you know, what, but it it stopped moving, and they stopped playing defense. And, hey, big ups to Cade Cunningham, who, who you know, top pick in the draft, has the potential to be a really special player, had a heck of a game, 29 points, 8 assists. He was 10 of 17 shooting. Five of nine from three. That's not his game right now. I mean, he was great, but he's not that efficient, and and it just came way too easy. That was like watching the Indiana game too. It really was. Yeah, you're right. Um, that team they had 30 assists on the night, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean the the tweet of the night is our friend Eric Walden. He tweeted that you know there was one Stark where the ball just rotated one more time in the corner, um, and I believe it was to Sadiq Bay. And he had a wide open, or no, it was Joseph, wide open three in the corner, and nobody rotated. And the the, the quote was from from Quinn apparently, and it was, "What the blank are we doing?" So, um, you know, I, and I think that's the hard part is I think guys know what to do, but uh, just I guess collectively just didn't do it. Well, we talked in the pregame how we didn't expect uh, Detroit to have one of those games where they unexpectedly went nuts from three against the Jazz, like say the Spurs. And they were 19 of 37, 51% from three. That is the 30th dead last in um, in offense. Mm. And they made 19 threes tonight. Jazz, by the way, 11 of 33 from three. So it goes to show when you're you're moving the ball and taking open threes, they go in a lot more. Yeah, and we know that. You know, we watch it nightly and we see when the ball moves and when it doesn't. And we see the result, too. I mean, the result is way better. But... Yeah, there's just something that flips where you know, some, a couple of different guys feel like they got to go fix it, and that's really why you need to lean on one another. Jazz had seven assists in the second half, by the way. Seven, seven. So, this one uh, we're gonna we're gonna break it down, and we're gonna hear some player sandwich and coach, of course, which I'm 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 truly fascinated to hear what kind of tone is struck. In the post game, but a lot of criticism for this one. This is a tough loss for this Jazz team. Yeah, I guarantee you, Jazz Twitter will be very, very ornery tonight. Grumpy, grumpy. Oh, yeah. That uh, <laughs> that is for sure. And you know what? The Jazz uh, come home uh, briefly because we're gonna we're gonna kick our network stations loose here, and the next broadcast will be uh, coming up on Wednesday because the Cavs are in town, and we know you know that Cavs team can play tough. Uh, that game will tip off at, at 7 o'clock. So coming back home, that's probably a good thing, but uh, the Cavs are a tough team. So uh, that's our next uh, that's our next broadcast for you. Coming up next, uh, for those of you sticking around with us, we'll get you uh, uh, sound from the locker room and, of course, continue to break this one down as the Jazz fall on the road to the Pistons tonight, 126 to 116 right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Three, two, Catch and shoot three. Pow! 
The clock is at zero, and another Utah Jazz game is in the books. This is the Jazz Post Game Show. Ingles underhand scoop to Conley. Back out to Joe. Fires the three. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Donovan skies and hammers. Now with the recap of tonight's game, here's Jake Scott and Tim LaCole. Jazz game night post game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe with you. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Let's go back to Detroit. It's time to hear from Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. 78 after halftime on almost 60% shooting. Kind of what was uh, what were the biggest issues defensively? Well, I think, you know, at the beginning of the third quarter, um, first we didn't take care of the ball and we gave him some, you know, some easy, easy stuff, um, which I thought, you know, helped build their confidence. And um, I think our whole group knows, you know, how people perceive our team and how they can attack us. Um, You know, I think we're better defensively than, than we showed tonight. Um, and I think we can impact some of those shots more. Obviously, I mean, you can't just point to their shooting, although, you know, obviously they, they did make shots. Uh, you know, but it, this is, you know, our our goal is to be the best, you know, version of ourselves um, at the end of the year. And, you know, this game needs to help us, help focus us, uh, because, you know, some of the things that we need to be able to do that we need to place more value on, whether it be taking care of the basketball, you know, stand in front when we don't stand in front, you know, to be shifted and be ready to help one another. Uh, you know, when we did get a couple stops, I thought at some crucial times, we didn't secure the ball. Uh, and we had to defend another possession. So a lot of things here that, as I said, I, I think we're better than, um, you know, than what we showed tonight, but also things for us to, you know, to internalize and, you know, to, to, to be better. Sarah Todd. Quinn, how do you make the decision, I guess, on a night to night basis when you, on a game that you might want your guys to kind of move on from really quickly or a game where you might want them to look back and reflect on a little bit more? Well, I, I think I think you can do both. Um, you know, in this case, you know, I, I think it's a reminder to us how focused we need to be. Um, you know, with with respect to our execution offensively, um, I thought that let us down at certain points, and then you know, also you know the things that I mentioned defensively that um, I don't, you know, I, I don't think. You know, you just let go of that um, at the same time. You know, you know when a team shoots like they did that, you know, you're going to have a hard time. Um, you know, as I said, that, that that said, you know, there's more that we can do to impact that. You know, our guys know that. And, you know, it's a, it's a reminder to us, you know, how connected we have to be on the defensive end. Tony Jones. Was there any thought of of uh, at the at the beginning of the second half 
calling a quick timeout once they went on that initial 13-4 run or was the, the process of thought to try to let, them, let, let the guys play through it a little bit? Well, you know, I, I think, Tony, there's always times in the game you can look at, you know, where you could have called timeout or when you do call a timeout where you substitute. Uh, in my mind, you know, this is something tonight that uh, as much as anything, that you know, we can continue to focus our, our minds on the situation. The, the things that we were doing um, at the beginning of the quarter are things we've talked about. And, you know, I think we're a team at this point that's been together enough. And, you know, hopefully we can, we can make those adjustments, um, you know, on our own. Um, that's not to say, you know, I can certainly, you know, look at that and, and question a timeout or not. I, I don't think in this case, uh, you know, the, the timeouts or game management, I'm not deflecting anything, you know, I can, I'll, we'll look at the tape and, you know, we tried to do certain things, whether it be blitz the pick and roll or shift or rotate or substitute. We played small with Eric. Um, we got Hassan back in and had him trying to protect the rim. So th there were a lot of things that, you know, that all of us can do. I mean, we're, we're a team, you know, players and coaches included. And, you know, if that timeout should have been taken or, or would have helped, obviously, you know, I would take it. Um, but in this case, again, I, I feel like our group, you know, you know, does have the capability when focused to, to make adjustments, um, you know, when they're necessary as well. Okay, last question, Andy Larson. When you mentioned this team has been together for a long time and, and for years now, kind of the defensive numbers haven't been great when Rudy Gobert is not available. So I guess, do you feel like you have personnel that can be a good defensive team when Rudy Gobert is not on the floor? I mean, that, that, I don't think there's any, any uh, mystery in that you're, if the defensive player of the year is not on the floor, that you're not going to be as good defensively. We were, you know, we, we were decent defensively in the first half. So the answer to that is that, uh, is, is yes, you know, we're not going to be as good defensively. There's, there's, you know, there's no question about that, um, but we can be better than we were tonight. I, I know that. Okay, thank you, Coach. There's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder, and I was glad he he did give a good answer to that last question because just saying, you know, they're not as good without Rudy in the lineup, no duh, Rudy's awesome at defense, kind of lets everybody else off the hook. And uh, to point out that they played good defense at the beginning of the game, uh, that they are capable of beating uh, being better, and he understands that, I, I thought was an important point to make. Yeah, it's... Um... He could have easy to easily walked away from that one, just left it, and yeah, for sure. But um, no, the 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 his his ways are very very interesting. But I, I think he's always got the big picture in mind. I mean, I think that's why he doesn't he goes through that stretch and doesn't call a timeout. I mean, there are certain lessons you can only learn in the heat of battle. Um, you can't you can talk about it, but unless you've been there, you don't know. And you know. His goal always is to have this team as as prepared as they can be for anything in the playoffs. Um, again, we we've talked about how devastating that Pelicans loss was, and how they actually got some mileage out of it. You know, there's there's a couple of milestones like that a year, and it's unfortunate, but it's true. Yeah, then this might be one of those. I thought is he was asked if 
how you decide whether just tell your team to move on from it or or you know concentrate on it and really study it and he said it can be both which i thought that was kind of an interesting answer because i'm sure they'll show them cut-ups of everything they did wrong in this game but at the same time you got to say tomorrow's a new day so i thought that was an interesting strategic answer yeah, and and I do believe that he probably does a decent job, you know, in front of the guys and, and you know, always kind of saying, you know, there's an answer for this. I think his um, maybe behind the scenes he gets frustrated, and but he seems to me like he can certainly get hot with his guys, but I think at the end of the day, you know, he doesn't lose sight that um, as bad as tonight was, yeah, this team would not be very good if, if it was this was the roster. And they were out there trying to defend. That's obvious because we see that, you know, with our own eyes. Tonight, it was a stark contrast between they were really kind of locked in and when they, as our buddy says, let go of the rope. There was only one real piece of good news tonight, and that was Rostradamus was correct once again, and the Jazz did make it to 111 points. And uh, Rostradamus <laughs> strikes again. There will be free roast beef. Can I hear the bell? Just for it does something like Pavlov for me. Just thank you. this season, when the Utah Jazz score 111 or more points in a game, Jazz app users score a free Arby's Classic Roast Beef Sandwich the very next day. Download the Utah Jazz app, turn on notifications, and visit utahjazz.com/score-big to learn more. So, if you're a little bent about this loss to the Pistons, go get a little roast beef tomorrow. Take it out on the roast beef. Just go get some free roast beef. Throw a little curly fries on there, too, and and have at it. Wash it down with a diet. And and really know that Coach Lacombe's going to tell you when it's going to happen. Even in a brutal loss, he told you they were going to still make it to roast 15 beef. And one. 15 hey, and 1. 15 and 1. Yeah. Pretty dang good. Ben says it's easy. Hey, you've been right on the under, too. Don't let anybody discount it. 15 and 1 is 15 and 1. Uh, but anyway, great promotion. There you go. People can still get some free roast beef tomorrow. And the Pistons had their second-best offensive output of the entire season and did it without Jeremy Grant. And that's the troubling part, right? That's, you know, the Jazz are missing guys. But, again, uh, Cade Cunningham just goes, you know, he, he basically looked like the guy everybody hoped he was going to be. And I'm telling you, if he develops that jumper, he's got, he's got the rest of it. You, you see that in his game. He's got good size, good too. Good size, yeah, good like decision-making, length. He's a good player. Athleticism, yep. Uh, let's get to your points in the paint. Brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA. Visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. Serta Pro Painters, proven and trusted experts in painting. The Jazz actually smashed the Pistons in the paint tonight, 64-44. to 44. So, you know, that was not a huge factor. Although, I wonder how many of those points in the paint they got early in the game. When Hassan oh, was he went crazy. crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was, and, and to credit the Pistons, they made a they made a scheme change, you know, and they did what everybody else does when they can't stop the Jazz. They just switched. Um, you know, there's something to that idea of playing with force, and you know, the j- team switched the Jazz, and it almost something goes off in their head that they've got to just beat it themselves, and you know, that's not the way you beat that stuff. You've got to you've got to work harder together to get open shots, get good shots. Well, they didn't take a whole lot of good shots after they started those the switchy D. And uh, you know, coach, I learn a lot sitting here watching these games with you and you just count the one pass and no pass possessions and it just it's amazing how you can predict the Jazz success or lack thereof based on that. Isn't it interesting? It's like a magnet, you yep. know, this gravitational pull because one guy does it, another guy's like, "Oh, he did it. I'm going to do it." 
Then another guy's, oh, let me get in on this act. Well, to, to your point after the New Orleans loss, Donovan Mitchell himself came out and made a concerted effort to to move the ball around, and all of a sudden he's off to the races for a defense, or excuse me, uh, uh, player of the month for December. You know, and I don't think there was a real coincidence there that because uh, it comes back to you. It comes back to Donovan. He's such a good catch-and-shoot uh, three-point shooter, too. I mean, it's good for him when that ball's moving. But you saw it, you saw it in the first half, right? Yeah. Guys get beating their guy, kicking it, beating their guy. I mean, Donovan made a great pass that set up his ability to run ball side to the corner and get one more pass for a three early in the game. So there was really good ball moving at times in that first half, but it, it really did stop. And Detroit is... Well, Detroit's not terrific. Cunningham's got a lot of potential, but I mean, you know, Sadiq Bay, who's been uh, pretty good as of late, uh, having 29 points on 10 of 14 shooting, including five of seven from three. It's crazy. That's crazy. It is crazy. Um, because he, he particularly has to be open. Shoots it kind of right about his chin. So uh, the Jazz, um, you know, what we were hoping for is they came out tonight and really kind of took it on themselves and Unfortunately, they were not able to sustain that effort the whole night. Got a 22-point lead. That's even more discouraging. Yep. Uh, playing really, really together. And then you see what happens, though. There's a, there's a stark contrast. Corey Joseph had 16 for the Pistons coming off the bench. Former Jazz man Trey Lyles had 14. Trey still got up 16 shots tonight. Six of 16, two of eight uh, from three for Trey Lyles. Uh, for the Jazz, they had Donovan Mitchell, 31 points. Whiteside had 21, although 18 of those were in the first half. Uh, Whiteside also with uh, 14 boards and three block shots. In fact, might as well get to it. Whiteside is your master of the glass tonight, brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, a local vehicle glass expert. Here for another great year of basketball. Proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 to a charitable organization for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. As I mentioned, Hassan Whiteside uh, was tonight's master of the glass. Uh, with 14 rebounds. Nobody else on the team had more than five. Does that surprise you? Conley had five. Clarkson had five. And uh, everybody else had less than that. That's interesting. That is. And there were a bunch of balls that kind of dropped. You know, even during the Pistons run, three or four guys could have got from the Jazz and just kind of got out hustled to them. And that's, you know, indicative of of a bigger issue. Yeah. Just some no box out stuff. I mean, it was. It was exactly like we saw against uh, Indiana where Sykes had that put-back dunk. It was like 5'8". Yep. But, I mean, those issues continue to be in it. I think you heard that from Coach Schneider. Coach wasn't as um, critical as he was, say, after that New Orleans game, but he was still kind of matter-of-fact. Yeah. He didn't really pull any punches and did believe that they had the ability to be better than what they showed tonight. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign featuring real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own at <clears throat> excuse me, mysubaruis.com. 126 to 116 is your final. The Jazz fall to the Pistons. We'll get you some player sound coming up next on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show right here on the Jazz Radio Network. It is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share it. Mark Miller 
Subaru.com. Tough loss for the Jazz tonight. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you, 126 to 116 to the Detroit Pistons. We'll uh, get you some uh, post-game player sound coming up here momentarily. Uh, but uh, we want to remind you about the Utah Jazz Most Valuable Educators program presented by Instructure, the makers of Canvas. Throughout the season, the Utah Jazz and Instructure will recognize 21 MVEs. Each one will receive a visit from Jazz Bear, $1,000 grant, a personalized jersey, tickets to see a jazz game in a suite. Go to nba.com slash jazz slash MVE to nominate your favorite educator. Now we'll hear from the players coming up here momentarily, but uh, I'm curious to hear what kind of attitude we get out of some of these guys. Not in that sounded so negative, just to, uh, how they process the loss in the immediate aftermath, I guess is a better way to put it. And it will be interesting to use the, or listen to how the words are, you know, I think there's, they're running out. <laughs> they got to say, I, you know, I've got to commit to, like David said, not we, you know, I think this is where guys got to step up and do their deal. And, um, be interesting to hear how they talk about it. In fact, let's uh, let's go ahead and get right to it. Let's go back to Detroit. It's time to hear from Mike Conley. Hey, Mike. I'm I'm wondering when you guys have uh, sort of nights where you struggle a little bit defensively, especially like you did in the second half, um, not getting out on shooters or maybe missing um, a rotation or a switch or whatever it is on the perimeter. Where would you say that the biggest problems lie? Is it communication or is it a misrotation or what is it that is the problem? So I, I think there's there's multiple things going on, but initially I think it 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 lies on us just you know staying in front of our man, um, uh, relying on on help when we need it, but not you know not overhelping at times, uh, understanding when to help, when not to, and. You know, we've got guys who, 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 you know, we'll turn them two or three times, but we can't just let them play one-on-one uh, with the court spread. So as a team, we have to do a better job of communicating and being in help first and then uh, kind of space out to shooters on the back end. And, and then at the end of it, complete, you know, to complete the possession and get the, get the defensive rebound and go. Because uh, when we got stops, you know, we were able to get out and make, make plays in the offensive end. And tonight was another night where they just started driving and, and you know, kind of gashing us in the paint. Next up, Tony Jones. Mike, where would you say would be the big would have been the biggest issue defensively for you guys tonight? Um, I think obviously containing the ball is big, um, but we had some miscommunications on defense where we left guys, you know, wide open in corners, and um, you know, whether it be we're we're changing up defense mid game, we all got to be on the same page and. I thought we just weren't as as tight as a group, um, and there's no excuses of who's who's in or who's out of the lineup. We we're, we've been playing together long enough to know where we need to be and uh, in those situations, and um, we had some lapses there that that you know at the end of it, you 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 pile up two or three, four of those. Uh, you give a team like Detroit confidence to to go out there and play free and and, and go out there and beat you. Eric Walden. Mike, along those lines, Quinn was saying that you guys had a decent first half defensively, and then obviously you look at the numbers Detroit put up after the break. Uh, what changed? Was it more, you know, that you guys stopped doing things that you were doing early on or that they just adjusted to it? Uh, what, what was the big change after the break? I, I thought initially it was, you know, turnovers on the offensive end. You know, I think us – giving them easy, easy layups, easy dunks on the other end, just kind of got them in a, 
in a mode where they were they're more of attack mode when we kind of had them on their heels in the first half. Uh, we were being the aggressor. And, um, you know, I think our offense, you know, got stagnant and led to to easy buckets for them. And then, you know, defensively it was tougher on us because they just started, you know, stretching the floor and spacing five guys out and just, you know, trying to trying to drive and kick out. And they played, uh, you know, Trey Lyles at the at the five there and tried to space us with the, with the shooting big again. And, and that's what we're going to see from teams. And we know that already. And, um, you know, we just got to be better. Follow up from Sarah Todd. Mike, you said you guys have been together for a long time and been playing together, but you do have guys that are playing with the team for the first time this week. And you've got guys that are playing kind of in, in positions and playing minutes and spots where they haven't all season long. How much does that impact what you guys are able to do? Uh, it, it impacts it. You know, obviously every team is going through that um, right now. So like I said, it's, it's not an excuse on our end. I think it's, you know, in games where you do have guys in the lineup that haven't been in for a while, it's it's more evident that you have to just play harder. You have to do things uh, a little bit tighter. You know, everything has to be a little bit more, you know, crisp and, and um, you really have to communicate in those situations. I think that we just, you know, in all those areas, we weren't at our best tonight, obviously. And, um, and to help those new guys, um, we all have to try to keep, keep them in the knit as much as we can. You know, our, obviously our playbook isn't as, as a, a expanded, you know, when you got guys like Rudy Gay and Rudy Gobert out and, you know, a lot of it runs through Rudy Gobert and what we do. So we have to get Hassan up to speed. We have to get Novell and um, EP playing the five some, like just, we just, we just having to mix and match guys. And, um, you know, we're just trying to work it out as we go. But at the end of the day, you know, we still, with the talent we have in this team, we have to, we have to be better. There you go. Mike Conley, always the model of consistency. You you certainly expect that from Mike, and he said it right there at the end. They can be better. He knows it. Everybody knows it. And I liked what he said in the beginning, talking about defense, you know, came, came back to the concept we talked about in the pregame, you know, got to do a better job guarding the ball that they really did for the second game in a row, really get slashed apart. And, um, you know, you get beat on the ball, and then you're always kind of wondering. Uh, but to his credit and to the team's credit, you know, they – they do. They are playing a bunch of lineups, haven't played together, which he said there at the end just requires the guys that do know what's going on to be that much better. So um, I, I totally agree with all that. You know, the Jazz had two out of their three All-Stars. You think that that would be enough to beat yeah, the Pistons? No, for sure. No, there's no excuse. Zero. Um, but I, I think what it requires is, you know, a guy like Mike and a guy like Donovan to understand, hey, we can't just be regular us. We well, – you know, we've got to step up our game. We've got to do a better job while we're on the floor making sure that we take charge. And Mike, tonight, uh, he and his son were the the positives. Uh, there was, let's see, Pascal and House were positives off the bench too. But in the plus-minus tonight, Mike Conley was plus 10. Hassan Whiteside was plus 9. You know, the other players that really played, uh, Royce minus 20, Bogdanovich minus 22, Mitchell minus 22, Clarkson minus 10. I want to see more Pascal somehow. I do too. He's I think played he well. Plays, well, and he plays hard. You know what I mean? Um, he, he does take it personally guarding the ball. Um, and, and I know, he, you know, I don't know. I just, that as I watch him play, that was, I, I want to see a little bit more of him with, particularly with this group. Well, he, depending on when Rudy and Rudy Gay get back, it'll be interesting to see if he goes back to, 
out of the rotation because he has played hard and he has played well in this situation. And I, I mean, he's unique. We, we talked about this the other day. I love the concept of Pascal. You know, big dude, plays hard, rangy, you know, maybe a little bit bigger than he should be, but who am I to criticize? Uh, has a decent shot. You wonder if that could get a little bit better, but I like the concept of him. Yeah, and right now, I mean, you just need a bunch of guys who want to play really hard and play together, and that's what the Jazz have got to find. All right, let's go back to Detroit. Let's hear from some more player sound. Let's get to Jordan Clarkson. Hey, JC. So um, they wound up scoring 78 points after halftime. Uh, what were kind of the, the big changes after the break in terms of what they were doing differently or, or what was going on with you guys defensively? Well, uh, and then they we turned the ball over, uh, and then they started scoring. You know, we switched, they got into the lane, finished and made shots. Uh, a couple of guys hit big threes towards the end and uh, made big plays. Uh, they were just getting in the paint, driving us. Uh, they are just making plays. Sorry, Todd. Jordan, where do you feel like the Jazz's defense is right now? Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how you can gauge that right now because uh, kind of like uh, making the best of our situation in terms of COVID and guys out and stuff like that. Still figuring it out. Um, but, I mean, these last two games, I don't think it's been the best that, you know, we have played at all uh, on that end or, or offensively. So, um, I mean, this is uh, halfway through the season. You would expect rough patches and um, – stuff like this to happen, especially with what we got going on. Uh, but all the guys that's been coming in uh, have been playing hard, uh, fig trying to figure out everything. You know, we got so many concepts and everything as well. So, um, you know, they're doing a great job of listening and trying to pick up as much as they can as much as fast as possible. So uh, I don't think I could gauge anything on that. Uh, but these last two games, three games, uh, you know, it's been it's been tough. Follow-up from Sarah, well, uh, Sarah Todd. How much does that impact things when you've got, you know, guys that just started playing with you this week or you've got, you know, like EP playing at the five and that hasn't happened a lot this, this season, especially since Rudy Gay has been back? Um, I mean, just shoot. I mean, <clears throat> I've been trading midseason two, three years in a row. Uh, or like not in a row, but you know what I'm saying. I've been – on different teams, learning different different stuff, playing with new guys. Um, it is different, but, you know, it's the league. Right now, this is just what we got to do. This is what uh, we got to embrace and, you know, come out there and compete every night um, and try to get wins. Uh, but like I said, those guys playing hard. Um, They're doing what they can on their end to try to learn as fast and as quick as possible to kind of get thrown in the rotation and, and uh, the lineups. But like Eric – Eric's done a great job for us. Uh, he did a great job for us early in the year, too, um, playing that position. So, uh, you know, I think he's he's uh, really stepped in and, and done a great job with that, too. There's Jordan Clarkson talking uh, about exactly what Coach Lacombe was talking about. Eric Pascal playing well when given his opportunity for this Jazz team. Yeah, under, he understands, you know, he has, he's got that motor. I like it. Um, so I just, you know, I look at, Right now, you know, and I 
I thought Bojan really struggled tonight. I thought Royce O'Neal struggled. You know, played 35 minutes, had seven points, and I, I thought he might have had his worst defensive game. Like he just got, you know, I thought Cade Cunningham at times was just playing with him. So I, I think it's a it's an eye thing right now for this team. Um, Clarkson did mention that they're not all together. We we totally understand that part, um, but this is this is a, a game you should win, and unfortunately the Jazz. Had it going the, the the perfect way, and then somehow something flipped the switch. Jordan is so Joe Cool, right? He's tough to read into, but he sounded he sounded down there, like affected, not the normal Jordan Clarkson we're used to. Maybe you know, maybe that's the team right now. It's a tough loss. No, it is. They're, these ones are hard to process, and you know the, the combination of losing to a team that's only won eight games. Uh, they don't have their best player, and you've got a twenty-two point lead. And that stuff, that, that really does eat at you. Postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru is campaign featuring real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own at mysubaruis.com. Jazz fall to the Pistons tonight, 126 to 116. We'll get you more player sound coming up next on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Post game is brought to you, of course, by our friends of Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz lose tonight, 126 to 116 in Detroit to the Pistons. And uh, let's go ahead and get a look at your. Chick-fil-A foul shot review of, the, uh, review of the game. Download a whole new way to Chick-fil-A. Earn rewards with the Chick-fil-A One app. Tonight, uh, let's see here. The Jazz from the line, 17 of 22, 77%. The Pistons, 11 for 12, 92% from the line, but only taking 12 foul shots. They had zero at, at the half, so mm. they got all 12 of those free throws in the second half. The Pistons did. You mean the half where they scored 78 points? That half? That half. That one, the very same? Man, that's brutal. To the worst offensive team in the league. Yeah, and by comparison to other team, you know, other years, they're they're as the Jazz were on a pace to to have the best offense in history. This team could very well have one of the worst uh, offenses in history. Mm. So pretty interesting. Not tonight, my friend. Not tonight. That's why you play the games. Yep, is what my mother used to tell me. Let's go back to uh, Detroit. It's now time to hear from Donovan Mitchell. Hey, Don. So after the Pacers lost the other night, you were kind of, you know, a little critical of, of in terms of saying the effort and the, the consistency and the competitiveness need to be on that championship level every game. Um, what are your thoughts kind of after after a night like tonight where Detroit has the second half that they do? Um Uh, you got to give credit where credit's due. They did a lot of things well in the second half. Um, we didn't do a lot right in the second half. We got to guard, man. We got to just guard the ball. There really ain't much else to it. Um, if we get beat, we got to have cycle help, have each other's back. We're just disjointed on the defensive end, and it's it's apparent. We have Rudy back there. Like you know, we got to do it, or we got to be able to have each other's back like that, and you know. 
and this is what happens. And yeah, I got my jobs for you. Sarah Todd. Don, when there's a breakdown on the perimeter on defense, where would you say the, the biggest issue is there? Is it point of attack, communication? What is the biggest problem? Every, everything. You know, we got to stay in front. Can't get back up. If we get beat, we got to have help. Close out the shooters. And they shot, they shot the hell out of the ball, you know, as well. You know, even when we were there contesting, they shot 50% from three. Um, but even still, they're getting those shots because guys are getting to the paint off one move. Um, we're not talking. We talked in the first half. Can't get up. Can't get up twenty something and like lose. Like like can't. Like it's just not. We fooling ourselves if we say we want to win a championship and we have a night like tonight. The past two nights, really. So it's like at a point, Sarah. We just got to do it. I I, I really. He's got to go out there and do it. We got to communicate. Got to have each other's back. We did it. You saw what it looked like in the first half. <laughs> we just got to do it. Tony Jones. Why are you guys, is, is there a specific reason why you guys are not uh, guarding uh, the way you, the way you need, need to guard? I mean, last, last three games, um, you know, just defensively and obviously the first game, you guys didn't have your guys, a lot of the regulars, but, you know, in Indiana, Detroit, um, just really bad defensively both nights. When you don't have Rudy Gobert like there, our intensity has to turn up. Like, we did it against Denver. You know, it's, 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 it's there. But we don't do it consistently. Like I said, in, in, um, where were we were just at Indiana. Don't do it consistently. This is going to happen. And this is one through 17 or however many guys we got in luck. This isn't just on one person, on three people, on a selective group. This is everything. We get up, excited, happy, whatever. And we, 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 we have a lack of focus. We were locked in when we had to be against Denver. You know, we were locked in from start to finish. It didn't look necessarily pretty all the time, but it, it, it felt like we were communicating and talking. So, it's not that we can't, you know, obviously the glaring thing is Rudy's not back there to, to, to save us and protect us on the defensive end, but we've done it. Like we, we, we did it. So it's okay. It's capable. We're capable. Now it's like, are we going to do it on a consistent basis? And we, we aren't, and uh, it's got to be fixed. As, as usual, Donovan Mitchell, pretty matter of fact, uh, talking about uh, the problems and, you know, kind of similar to what Quinn Snyder said, they they proved that they're capable of doing it in the first half in this one. And then Donovan added talking about the Denver game. They just got to uh, have to do it all the time. And they did not tonight, even though Donovan did have 31 on 11 of 25 shooting. So he, let's look at his words. He said we a lot, but I, I thought it was good there at the end. He said, you know, this is one through 17. I mean, it, it is look your mirror in the, look at yourself in the mirror time for this group. Um, and, and I think part of his, you know, being down certainly is, you know, he feels some of that pressure to, to be better. And, you know, the fact that he said that Rudy's not back there to clean up things, you know, obviously a, a huge part of this. Um, but again, where I, I've always believed where there is difficulty, there's growth. And 
hopefully, you know, the Jazz can find a silver lining to this like they did, you know, with the Pelicans, because I think they became a better team after that. Yeah, and, and Donovan said without Rudy, I mean, it's such an obvious point, but, you know, apparently it needs to be reiterated, and it's good to come from the leader in Donovan Mitchell that when Rudy's out, they, they have to be better. The intensity has to be better. There has to be more, and you could argue that that needs to be be there regardless of whether Rudy's in the lineup or not, but certainly, you know, to take some responsibility for it when Rudy's not there, I think that's probably a positive thing. And to point out, they have done it, you yeah. know. They, they played a Nuggets team that was way more lethal than that, Pistons team that they just played yep. and they figured out a way to to kind of do it but I think the key was they did it together you look back on the Denver game the rotations the way they doubled down the way they moved the ball they instinctively trusted each other and that's a big part for this team that's that's the lesson I think coming up next we'll get uh, coach Lacombe's final thoughts on this one we'll get to play the game and our guy Tyson Ewing has sent us some stat nuggets And uh, there's some good ones. Uh, So brace yourself for that. That's coming up right around the corner. Jazz game night, uh, post-game show. Jazz fall tonight, 126 to 116 to the Pistons. Uh, Post-game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign featuring real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. More straight ahead on the Jazz Radio Network. David Locke, your play of the game. Hassan Whiteside big in the first half, and that's brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection, lhmauto.com, driven by you. Jazz game night, postgame show, Jake Scott coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz fall tonight, 126 to 116 to the Detroit Pistons. Postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru is campaign, Real Stories. From real Mark Miller Subaru customers, share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Detroit switched the way they were playing the Jazz, switched being the key word there. Hassan Whiteside not nearly as effective in the second half. It's great when he can roll, just like the old Rudy days, you know, before uh, teams really started figuring that out. He lived at the rim, and the Jazz did a great job of finding him, but a great job on the Pistons' part of just making that adjustment. Uh, if you're just joining us, we'll get to uh, Tyson's stat nuggets coming up here momentarily. But uh, if you're just joining us, Donovan Mitchell tonight led the way for the Jazz in the loss with 31 points on 11 of 25 shooting. He also had four assists and three rebounds. Uh, Hassan Whiteside, as we mentioned, 21 points, 14 rebounds, three block shots. 18 of those points, though, came in the first half. Uh, Jordan Clarkson with 16 coming in off the bench. Eric Pascal with a nice game with 13 on four of six shooting. Uh, a nice game from him, Bogdanovich with 12, Mike Conley with 13 points and eight assists. All eight of those assists came in the first half. For the Pistons, Cade Cunningham, the number one pick in the draft, 29 points, eight assists. He was brilliant tonight. Uh, and then Sadiq Bey had 29 points on an efficient 10 of 14, shooting five of seven from three. Corey Joseph, by the way, coming in off the bench, a perfect four of four from three. The Pistons shot 51% from three. Unreal. And you brought Corey Joseph in the pregame. Uh, I did. Said he's their best shooter, and he lived four up for to four. he lived up to the billing for sure. <laughs> Rough night tonight from the Utah Jazz. That is for sure. All right, let's get to some of these uh, stat nuggets from our friend Tyson Ewing. He does uh, stats for the television broadcast on AT and T Sportsnet, and uh, 
uh, if we're lucky, he'll share a few with us for the postgame show. So let's get started. Utah in the first half, Coach, assisted on 70% of their made field goals with just six turnovers. By the way, 11 points off those turnovers for Detroit. In the second half, assisted on just 33% of their made field goals with 10 turnovers, 16 points off turnovers for Detroit. And like uh, I think every guy alluded to the fact that that was where the game turned, right? His turnovers led to easy baskets, led to confidence, and um, then made the Jazz possessions all that more important. Yeah, co- uh, Coach and Conley both mentioned that specifically. Um, here's another one. Detroit outscored Utah 94-62 to and shot 61% in the final 30 minutes. Uh, they scored just 32 points and shot 39% in the opening 18. Wow. How about that? Uh, Utah's last three second halves opposing teams averaging 71.7 points while shooting 57% from the field and 54% from three jazz are a combined minus 53 in the last three second halves. Houston, we have a problem. (laughs) That's so not good. Uh, This is Utah's longest regular season losing streak since the bubble. Over the last three games, uh, the following players have had strong career-type games. Fred Van Vliet, career-high for points in a quarter with 24, career-high for points and a half, 28. DeMontis Sabonis, career-high, 42 points. Cade Cunningham, career-high, 29 points, career-high for points in a quarter, 18, career-high for points and a half, 24. So you're, this, you're saying there's a little bit of history, well, recent Lan- history. Not to uh, not to add here to uh, Tyson's already great stat nugget, but Lance Stevenson, career-high 14 assists. Yeah. So it's not good when you're giving up career performances on a nightly basis. That might be the most telling stat of the night right there. Yeah, I think I, th- I think he, he definitely is, and it would be interesting. I do know that from a points per possession, we've talked about how this uh, – Pistons team on average is 10 points lower than any other NBA team um, or, or, or sorry, 10 points below the average of the NBA in points per possession. Tonight was their second best points per possession. Their best was uh, November 13th against Toronto. Uh, tonight they finish with a 122. So second best uh, performance offensively by this Pistons team. Mm-hmm. Not good. Not good at all. Well, the Jazz will get at least Joe Ingles back by Wednesday. I don't know if that helps with the defense, but it's another player. Another brick in the wall. Another brick in the wall. And Rudy, uh, not sure quite the timetable on Rudy. I would guess, as long as he's asymptomatic, which, which of course, we do not know, uh, I would guess Rudy would be available for Sunday. Yeah, the timing, if you, if just following what Joe did, if it's all kind of falls in line, I know Joe was clear, or he's out of protocol, but he's in conditioning right. now. It's it's six days, and then you can test out of it. Okay, I believe. All right, and uh, that's if to, if you're asymptomatic. Okay, so well, I I believe that's how the NBA is doing it. So Rudy could be available. Jeez, I got to remember when he went out. He's probably the first game he'd be available for. I would guess is Sunday. And and just you know, if you didn't hear, he he tweeted out, "We'll be all right," which I. I got to trust the big fella. Well, of course, that is what Rudy said before they went on their big turnaround in Donovan Mitchell's rookie year. So as Locke was was saying, that's that's kind of Rudy's go-to thing. And he was certainly right that time against all odds as they were nine games out of the playoffs. Somehow got into the playoffs and won a darn series, so he was all right. 
or he was right about that. We'll see here. And I do know, like, this team should beat the Pistons. Totally get it. Um, but I think we've beaten into the ground that Rudy is how this team's built defensively, and so it's not like, oh, man, it's a huge surprise, right? Um, but but where guys can can step up their game and, and do a better job, you know, maybe that's where – that's what, that's what you're looking for during this time. All right, Coach. Hit us with a few final thoughts before we turn the page. Well, it was rough. I mean, that was a rough game. I, it it kind of came out left field for me. I did not. In fact, I think I told you it, the Pistons were so bad in watching their tape that I didn't think the Jazz could lose to them. Um, and so, you know, you, you step back and you tip your cap because the bottom line is Cunningham went and got, you know, a season high against the team or a career high against the team and played lights out. Um, you know, he's every bit or played every bit the part of, of a number one draft pick tonight, and you can totally see um, some of the good things that he does. But overall, it's, it's, a, it's a tipping point in the season. I think it's a time where, um, as you can tell by the comments after the game, it'll be something that uh, th- this is a building point, just like the, the Pelicans game was in, in early November. So hopefully the Jazz can, you know, get off the road, get back here. Uh, they're going to face a crazy challenge, the team we love uh, in the Cavaliers Watched him play last night. Darius Garland is, if you haven't watched him, he's worth the price of admission. He's a player. He's an all-star. I like Cleveland. I really do, too. They play hard. They're long. I mean, it's going to be a hard one. It was one of the most fun games to watch of the year, too, the first time those two teams matched up. So I I hope the Jazz bring their A game because it could be a really fun one on Wednesday. Yeah, They uh, they played the Jazz, you know, to beat them the first time was was really good. Yep. They're going to have to, you know, they're certainly going to have to raise their level big from where they were tonight. All right, we want to say a big thanks to everybody who participated in the broadcast uh, tonight. Thanks to David and Ron doing a great job calling all the action. Thanks to uh, tonight's broadcast assistants working very hard. Thanks to Jeff Carroll, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Thanks to Mark Miller, Subaru title sponsor of the postgame show. Uh, want to remind you about the Mari Subaru is campaign featuring real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own at mysubaruis.com. Coach Como, I want to say a big thanks to you, but you also have somebody additional you'd like to thank tonight. Yeah, when I checked in tonight, my guy Jim Insecurity I told him I'd say, he, he said he's an avid listener. All right. And he said, is Jake Scott as, as witty and smart as he, as he sounds? And I said, no, he's no. got you fooled. <laughs> exactly. He's actually, he's actually a pretty average guy. Just dull. No, I'm just really. kidding. We, just we have some dull. fun in here, don't we, Jeffrey? Yes, he nods his head yes on the radio. You, we do. We do have a good time. But we do love, uh, honestly, the the crew who works here at the arena. Amazing to, people. Yeah, we yep. get to interact with a lot of them on a daily basis, and they're really, really great. So so uh, I second that. Big ups to everybody. Um the Jazz lose tonight uh, to the Detroit Pistons, 126-116. to 116. They've lost three consecutive games. Up next, they return back here to Salt Lake City to Vivint Arena to take on the Cleveland Cavaliers on Wednesday night. That game tips off at 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 6, and, of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.